Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Seven Engineering Vibe Podcast. Now in this podcast, me and Dr. Ghanem Kashwani, we like to speak about different topics. And topics like what we want, for example, startup, entrepreneurship, new trend, mental health and career and self-improvement and self-engineering and sometimes another thinking major. We like also to interview other people from other fields. So we like to get the expertise on how they can benefit us and benefit society. So let us jump to the episode and thank you guys and wishing you the best. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening from where you are. Wow, in this episode we speak with Ms. Nenas. I hope I say her name correct. Yeah, it's Ms. Nenas. Wow, we have an amazing talk with her. Now we finished the episode for sure, but we had very amazing talk with her, for example, about mental health, about well-being, and why it's not taught properly, you know, and her, st- her story about struggling with mental health and well-being. She's an immigrant who came from Venezuela and she studied and left in the US. It was a long story. Jump to the episode and listen to it so you know more about it. So, hi, Miss Nenas. How are you? I hope you are doing great. I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing today? Well, I'm doing good, great. You know, it's evening here in time. You know, we just finished an exam. We're going now. <laughs> and, you know, it's doing fantastic. With you. I love you when I meet people, especially I lead a YouTuber and people for a willingness. And what I saw on YouTube, what you are doing is great. It's fascinating. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, it's been a journey uh, with my YouTube channel for sure. So can you introduce more the audience about yourself? Yeah, I would love to share more. So uh, to give a background, my I went to school for chemical engineering and I did uh, chemical process engineering, meaning design chemical plants for 12 years right out of college. And then after that, I transitioned into sales and I was product manager for an international company. I got to travel um, to Europe and South America and I was responsible for the North and South American uh, continent for this specific product. It was very interesting and fascinating to do it. I come from an engineering family. I was born in Venezuela, migrated to the US, uh, went to engineering school here. My dad is an engineer. My brother is a mechanical engineer. My dad is a civil engineer, actually. Wow. So um, oh. <laughs> perfect for civil engineering vibes yeah. in podcasts. Wow. Um, so yeah, I was surrounded by that. <laughs> so, you know, like, I feel you like your dad is engineer and you are engineer. So you should be engineer because I have a friend, the same thing for him. All his family is engineer. So he has to be engineer. So I know this part. Yes. I know this part. I at least I'm luckily none of my family is engineer, so I was luckily in that of those students mm-hmm. a major. So what you bring you about the mental health and willing it suddenly all of a sudden? Yeah. So what happened was it really started in engineering school. Um, my parents we came to the U.S. in 1999. They've moved back in 2001 and. Uh, we collectively made the decision that I should stay in the U.S. to continue my studies um, so I wouldn't take a break from going to engineering school. And at that point, I didn't know how to process the laws that my parents were moving to back to my country, Venezuela, and I was going to be left in a foreign country at 18 years old. Uh, my brother was here, but, you know, he was also starting his career. He moved um, from, New, from New York to New Jersey. We were living in New York at the time, and he was making his life. So at 18, I had to learn how to pay all the bills, how to, you know, be responsible and not get in trouble. That was my biggest concern, because if I got in trouble, my parents were in a different country. So it was just a lot of pressure. Well, the engineering school is not easy, so I was struggling with some physical issues in my 20s, Um, went to tons of different doctors, they, you know, got on antibiotics, different medication, and things will go in waves, but never really got to a place where I will say I was feeling healthy. I was just kind of going by, and in that process, I... You know, I started working and the work had a lot of high demand and I was commuting, which added more time. And I just was in this loop and was not feeling healthy 
and things just started accumulating. I got married. All of a sudden, I found myself married with the perfect life that they're sold to us in pictures. You know, like you graduate from college, you find a good paying job, you find a partner to share your life with, you buy a house, you have the nice cars, you're traveling around the world. And I could have not felt more empty in my life. And that was really what started my journey. So that's pretty much how I got, um, how I got started. It, it really has been almost, yeah, 20 years that I've been on this journey. I feel you. Really, I feel you. Like, you know, like you graduate. You went on, you were alone, like you've been like, you've grown up to an adult, adult hall. You, there is no guidance, nothing, no one guides mm -hmm. You start working, you start going to some, you know, the university, and you went on. So every decision, there is no one who guides you, and you've been like, suddenly out of sudden, you get married, and you get a relationship. Mm -hmm. So wow, like, mm -hmm. even if it didn't, like, like, there was no guide, and you, you go, you go into the adult hall directly. So, You've been independent from high from university and so on. Suddenly from non-independent to direct independent. Wow. I salute you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a lot to process. So I was never taught to express my emotions and feelings. Um, I, you know, I had to push that. I had to suppress that uh, because I didn't want to be dramatic or all the different labels, overreactive the labels that are used that uh, push away your human emotions because ultimately they are normal and we are meant to feel them and they're guiding you to let you know where you're at and, and think what can you do with it to make it better, right? And my what can I do with this to make it better is I'm going to ignore it because I don't have the tools to process um, the experiences that I've had. So I'm just going to ignore it and push it to the point where I felt so depressed. I was suffering from anxiety. And when I sat in front of the therapist for the first time, after my now ex-husband pointed out one evening, because I was expressing to him, I feel like I'm digging a hole and I'm in this dark really deep hole and I keep digging and there's no way out. So he said, I think you're suffering from depression. Um, you should get some help. So I appreciate him tremendously for encouraging me to seek help. And I did. And when I sat in front of the um, therapist and I was telling her, I think I'm suffering from depression. And I was crying with a smile on my face. And she said, why are you smiling? And it was because I was so conditioned to not show negative emotions that I just unconsciously smiled. I feel that. Really, I feel it was, it was an awakening moment for me. It was a life-changing moment where I really had to think, what is really going on? I feel because, you know, especially... Why do you think? Because we have a stigma that we don't, we have always to tough it up because we have to be strong, we have to be something like that. Is that a toughing up thing? Like we have to do, like we have to tough our, all our emotion up? Is that a. Yeah, it, in, in, in my case, it was I wanted to belong to the boys' club, right? So because I'm an engineer, I admire my father, I admire my brother for their careers. I wanted to fit in. And in fitting in, the emotions of anger and frustration and wanting to cry were not something that were modeled. I never saw my brother cry. Um, I didn't see my dad, you know, cried. I saw him sad when he went through losses of his family, you know, mom and, and dad. But I'm, there were things that were not modeled or shown. So as a child growing up in this environment, my mom was pretty much her numbing mechanism was to work. And she worked 
um, as a kindergarten teacher. And after she finished work um, in Venezuela, you work half days, she actually registered to go to school. So she was numbing by keeping herself busy because she didn't want to process all the traumas that she brought as a child. And for me, just sat, having these models, that's what happens. I think the reason why we want to tough it up, the reason why we don't show certain emotions, the reason why we suppress these things is because other generations were not modeled to express it. And that's what we grew up with, without the models. So when you don't see someone modeling you that it's okay to cry, to feel sad, and it just passes, and then you will feel so much relief from that, you don't know how to do it. So why do you believe there is a stigma around it till now still? Like, okay, okay, our parents, we understand. But what about our, what about the new generation, like your brother or for me? We have my, my sibling. The same thing. We, are, we tend not to show our emotion or we tend not to talk even about mental health, about to be vulnerable. Why do you mm -hmm. think that? Because it was taught, it was perceived as weakness. And if you want to survive, I think it's just human nature. If you want to survive, you do not want to be perceived weak. If you want to belong, quote unquote, because there's no true belonging unless you're authentic and the people that you surround yourself with accept who you truly are. But if you want to belong and the weak are made fun of and the weak are pushed, and the weak are, you know, labeled, you don't want to be weak. You don't want to be perceived that way. So I think that's why there's so much stigma around it because when we're trying to belong and we're not belonging, we're fitting in, we're, we're trying to be in this space where um, we don't want to be perceived as weak and vulnerable. And I think right now we're in a transition period in our generation, there's the access to information that was never available to this level before. And we have researchers talking about this, such as Dr. Brene Brown, talking about vulnerability, talking to leaders about it. We have leaders showing that they can make mistakes and they're human and they recognize it. And, you know, it's, it's, becoming something that's starting to get shown in the open. And once you shine a light into it, there's no going back. So I'm excited about that uh, for the future and the new generations that are coming up because we are making the transition of showing that weakness is not a bad thing. Being vulnerable is not a bad thing. It's I love human. that. Yeah, at the end, we are a human being, not a human doing, exactly. as you said. Yeah, because to be honest, like, for example, like what you said, like, people, people, we usually to avoid mistake, but guess what? We are human. Mm -hmm. Human means in Arabic is insan. Insan means in Arabic means a guy who tend to make mistake. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So I wonder why people still like, they don't, they don't talk about like mistake as a bad thing. Because yeah. I, I don't know why people even like, why people even like uh, telling mistake is a bad thing. Like, for example, for me, I resonate with that. Like, breather, make a mistake. Everyone make mistake. Mm -hmm. We should acknowledge it. It's okay to make mistake. At the end, we are a human. As we, as we, as we talk, we are a human being, not human doing. Yes. So, so mistake is happen. Because unfortunately, this is my personal opinion, what I believe. We stick beside mistake as it is some taboo thing or something wrong. Mm -hmm. Or we mm -hmm. should be punished for every mistake you make. For me, I said, no. Mistake, I consider this opportunity to grow up or opportunity to nerd. And also we should, okay, there's difference between punishment or accountability. Okay, you make mistake. Right. You are accountable with it. Resolve it and acknowledge it and make how to make mistake, how to resolve it and to improve yourself and make better. What do you think about that? Yes, you're absolutely right. But you also have to think that our systems are not set up to accept mistake from an accountability point of view. If you go to school and you take a test and you make a mistake, you're punished for it. Your grade goes down 
And unless you have a very aware and nurturing teacher or professor that is going to tell you, I believe in you, you can do that. I love that. Go on, go on. I can help you, um, you know, where do you feel that you couldn't understand it? It's coming from that place. But our system is, since we're children, we are sit down in a classroom and we have to consume all this information, regardless of your qualities. And then if you're not good, we're good at math and we're good at science. That's why we end up in engineering. Um, but someone that's good in arts or good in language, they end up going a different route, right? And we're starting to get conditioned into buckets of what we're good at and what we're not good at. And we're expected at some point to perform perfectly and get the perfect grade. And if we don't have a system that's helping you learn that mistakes are unavoidable, are part of the human experience, and exactly as you said, what did you learn from it? How did it feel? What do you think you did that you can do better next time to make it, you know, to, to get the outcome that you're looking for, to get the outcome that you're expecting? We're not taught that. We're you made a mistake. We take five points off your grade, and you know you may we may fail you, and you made another mistake, and you're you know unfortunately some teachers may even use um, aggressive language like what is wrong with you? Are you stupid? Why aren't you getting this? Like there's so many things that could be happening um, in our system that can be improved. I think worldwide. Um, to really cultivate more self-compassion, acceptance, and normalize that mistakes will be made. And that's part of our human experience. And if you didn't learn a lesson, let's reflect on that. Why? What are you blocking inside of you? So, yeah, I think that's, that's why mistakes and failures are so uncomfortable in our society. And that they have consequences too, right? I love that. I appreciate that. <laughs> really, like, even like when you said, like, this start all the way from school and the grading system. I'm against it's like a similar, it's a similar system, like an art and science. We have similar here. What I used to study now, they change the whole system completely of that education <laughs> where we have to go either scientific way or art way. Yes. There was in high school. It's similar, like, we. When I studied that time in high school, several system we have. So, and you know, and you will create like you punish five points or you create. And the problem, it may, it's to stigmatize in a way that people will look what is weak or not. And they will not look what is good you are. Mm -hmm. Which is this, like, for example, I are good in math and physics, but you are weak in the art subject. Parents will come and look to the, to the, to the bad point. They will not look what's good about it. They will not embrace what is good about it. Yes. And kind of say what's bad about it. So really I feel and understand how it is hard to you, how it, how it is hard and the grading system and you have to study only for grades. Right. The system, it makes right. you so systematized that you have to study only for grades. Mm -hmm. So you have only to study to grade. So do you think that the school education system is mid-even and need to be changed in this case? Yes. Yeah. It, it, it really, yeah. And, and I will say I've, I try to surround myself with information that are showing me hope, that are showing me that there are places where uh, the systems are being changed, where the systems are being improved, where kids are not pushed to be, you know, as you said, to be focusing on what you're doing wrong, but what you're doing right and embrace those things. And also, Cultivating, cultivating curiosity, right? Because through curiosity is the way that we can create and problem solve versus a fixed mindset. So right now the system is fixed. I think the system needs to be transferred into more curiosity, more applauding your... Um, 
what you do well while recognizing what you may not have done well, but also where is the lesson, right? It is asking those questions. Wow, I love that, really. You know, the system would now to be changed to be like more of curiosity instead of going creating system and going to a creating system and going to more curiosity and research and discover yourself. <laughs> so what about you think that mental health or any of these courses like mental health or something, mental health science or psychology or even soft skills shall be taught in high school? I think they should be taught since the beginning, since kindergarten and, uh, you know, elementary school. Uh, some of the, the things I wish I knew when I was little uh, was how to, how to regulate myself. And now I, I, I'm a meditation teacher. I'm certified in meditation. Um, so meditating, you can start a five-year-old with, you know, three minutes or five minutes of meditation. And it's not about doing it perfect. It's about teaching them that there is a mind and you have a lot of different thoughts, but that's what they are. They're just thoughts. They're not necessarily real. And you can pick and choose the thoughts that you like and you can simply let go like a balloon, the thoughts that are not making you feel good or making you feel whole. And you can start teaching children um, meditation. I think that is one key to really understand um, your thoughts and that everyone is going to have a mind. Everyone has thoughts. And that a reaction towards you, it's not a reflection of who you are. It's a reflection of their own experiences, their own life, their own traumas, and everything that comes with them. Wow, really appreciate it. Like, especially, this should this be education, and you know, because especially, you know, because what I, when I studied, I, when I started to go over the journey of the mental health study and everything, like, the human being is developed fully at the age of six mm -hmm. to six to ten. So whatever, whatever you give him parents, it's very like to see like a magnet. So even people telling you like from the ten of age of ten, like all the relief you can receive it from parents. So kid shall have awareness what he received because you know your parents have a limiting belief, right. have limiting consequences, yes. have many things yes. there. So this education shall be there. I say to have to be education, not only that, and to give awareness even to the parents themselves. Yes. To be aware, what about the kids? Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and and I didn't realize my thoughts. Um, didn't even know that voice that lived up in my head until I was in my 30s. And oh, so I wish someone had taught me, hey, there's a voice that's talking to you. And you may realize that it's saying some good things sometimes, and sometimes it's not. So... Um, what do you do with that? Which one do you like better? Just become curious again. Just going back to curiosity. So they call it that the inner child or what? Yes. So learning about your inner child. But when you're a child, just learning about thoughts, right? Nobody, nobody explained to me that thoughts were not necessarily truth, that they were just thoughts, you know? So just learning about that. Yeah, I got it. Fantastic, really. So what about, for example, like from hearing from the inner side and resuming the inner side light? And how do you know? How, how do then uh, now? Because then we talk about high school, about the education. So what? So do you think even this mental health, it should be normal stigmatized in the, in the community and also to talk openly, especially between parents, community, everything? Because trust me, it's challenging sometimes. Yes, and you have to be very careful. I do not think at this point everyone has the tools to be able to um, appreciate and embrace your vulnerability. So there's something that um, Brene Brown shares on her uh, The Call to Courage Netflix uh, special, and it's very true. You want to be vulnerable and share your truth with those who are in the arena, with those who are doing the work. So sometimes it is difficult to have vulnerable conversations with loved ones, with your 
parents or your siblings, if they are not familiar at all with doing this work, with understanding emotions, but sometimes, and, and I will say it's a perfect example, I try to find the right, the, the language that's comfortable for me to express where I'm at with my family. And this happened to me last year. I was having a hard time being stretched too thin, very stressed out. I needed help. I take care of my dad. Um, I, you know, have a partner that I live with. I was working full time and then I had a, a freelance job that I took because I thought, you know, um, this is a good opportunity for me to learn. And then I was taking classes. So I had filled my plate because again, I'm conditioned to be doing, not to be. And I was really close to burnout. And I said to myself at that point, what can I do? I need help and I need help from my family. I need support from my loved ones. And it's, it was sitting down during dinner one time with my brother, my mom, my dad, and myself, and just saying, guys, I'm overwhelmed. I need help. Nobody has had a conversation like that in my family before. But I had to have the courage because I needed their help. I needed their support. And this is what I think you guys can help me with. I think we can, you know, alternate and my dad can stay with my brother for a few days. So I'm not, you know, doing all the different things, taking care of him, just having a little break, um, having a little space. I spoke with the owner of the company that I was doing freelancing with. And I said, I'm not loving this work. I'm really sorry. I will complete my commitment, but I don't think I want to continue doing this specific task. And it's just having that courage, but it took me months. It, it took me to the point, the breaking point of almost feeling burned out, overwhelmed, wanting to cry all the time to say, I need to have this conversation. It had to come from me. And then I also had to set the expectation that I'm also dealing with humans who may not give exactly what I expect. And that's okay. I'm going to have to ask again. I'm going to have to readjust. I'm going to have to figure it out as it comes. But right now, what I need is to express, this is where I'm at. I need your help. But again, you have to be, you have to be very aware of opening up in a place where you feel safe and also where you set your expectations. What are you wanting to get back? If you can make that clear, share it. If you cannot, then allow for things to just move. Almost like I say, become a scientist, gather some data, see where you need to tweak and ask again. See where you need to tweak, ask again, right? What can I let go? I was putting too much on my plate. I was putting too much pressure on myself. So it's evaluating those things. Um, but yeah, I cannot go and talk to a stranger and tell them, listen, this is all, you know, this is what I'm feeling right now. I'm very sad I'm very, and expect them to have um, empathy because some of them don't even know what that feels like. Wow. So you mean that you're trying to draw a healthy boundary between you and other people. So you have to draw the boundary, especially, and especially I'm, even now I'm staggering with that, even then now personally me, then now I'm struggling with the, with the healthy boundary, with me, with my parents, with my boss. So I feel you. And stress is a struggle. And sometimes they are not accepting it. And what is important is, what is important for me, not what's important for other. Yes. Me first. Yes. Then the other net. Yes. Because, because we got, we got taught that we have to work for the other, not to work for us mm -hmm. and see what the people need and not see what us need. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's setting those personal boundaries, will, which will feel very uncomfortable, I will say that. But you have to mm -hmm. try little by little until they become your normal and doing it for yourself. And that's not being selfish. That is actually helping others. Because when you take care of yourself, your cup is full 
and you'll be able to come from a place of love and patience versus a reactive and angry and overwhelmed place. I love that what you said, like you have to go from self-love because the couple's full. Because I remember also at the airport, in the airplane, mm -hmm. when they are doing, you know, the safety procedure and everything, you know, it's in the past, they will tell you that, that help yourself first, then help the yes. other. Because if you cannot help yourself, you cannot help the other. Yeah, exactly. And, if, and you, have, you should know how to draw the boundary. Mm -hmm. And you should know how to draw. So you have to help yourself first. What is important for you? Okay, we respect, we love, we love our parents, we love our boss, we love our work. But there is a boundary. There is what is for me, what is for us. Because I can't read, because I'm currently staggered with that. So I've, wow, I never, shut. oh, sorry. I never be, oh my God. Yeah, you had an aha yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Sometimes it catch me always again. Wow. <laughs> fascinating. Yeah. It's really fascinating. Yeah, because even me, I'm struggling from that, <laughs> from drawing the bounty. If I think the other draws the safety bounty, I myself stagger it. Wow. Wow, fantastic. Wow. Now I have to I start talking to myself about that. <laughs> after that, after this episode, I think I have to, I have to have to journal again to come to journal again. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because especially we, we because we never taught to look to ourselves. I believe mm -hmm. we never got to look ourselves. Talk about the other. We never talk what we need about to talk to the other. Wow. So, what do you think? What what made you leave the engineering at all? Like, the, what did you when you left? Did you see that? That's not my cup of tea, or I just I want to leave and that's it. Or you discovered it didn't, it's not your cup of tea, or you want to do something else, or you want to take a break. Or it's been a journey. I think um, it started seven years ago when I was in an identity crisis. I mentioned I felt empty after accomplishing all the things that people expect you to have. The job, the good job, the, um, the cars, the vacations, the house, the everything, right? Um, and having that identity crisis and trying to figure out who am I? Because at that point, who I was was the labels of um, someone's wife, I'm someone's employee, I'm someone's daughter, I'm someone's sibling. There was no I'm Lennis who loves to help people. I'm Lennis who loves hiking and nature. There was nothing that I could like put those words together. So um, I will say I was blessed because in 2015, January 2015, uh, my company did a personal reduction and I was let go. So I was laid off from my oh, job in sorry. engineering. And I decided, okay, this is divine opportunity. I've been asking for this because I have been questioning, what do I want to do? I always did what others expected me to do, but what do I want to do? So when they, you know, when they uh, reduce the personnel and, and my job, you know, I was let go from my job. I decided to take time off and I was so blessed that I could take time off. I didn't have to jump to the next job. I had been financially saving uh, money for me to take this time. And that's actually kind of how the YouTube channel started. That's where wow. I decided to experiment. I said, what do I like? I like to cook and I like to eat. Let me share that with others. Let me share Venezuelan cuisine, Latin American cuisine, making it a little healthier because at that point I had gone through my physical journey of trying to find what was best for my body. And I want flavorful meals that are not loaded with toxics and chemicals and super processed. So I, I started sharing that um, on the YouTube channel. So if you go back 2016, um, you know, 15 and 16, you will see videos on recipes and things like that. And then um, the opportunity came, I, I said to myself, okay, I'm going to take six months off. And at six months, I need to start looking for a job because my finances, I don't want to 
start getting into depth and get dig too deep into uh, my my savings. So I did. Um, I ended up going back to the company that laid me off, and it worked out perfectly. They had a new position available, which was more in the sales department. Um, supposed to be talking to more customers, etc. So I was like, oh, I get to try something different. I'm still in a familiar environment, which is engineering, because I wanted to have some uh, familiarity and stay in my comfort zone. Like, go out of your comfort zone, but have some comfort in that uh, becoming uncomfortable. And that, yeah, that wasn't my job. And then I said, okay, that's it. Um, I stay there for six, seven months. I said, I'm not happy here. Um, we spend a lot of time at work. So if we're going to spend a lot of time at a job working for someone, I want to be doing something that I feel happy about. And then I switched companies and I was working for my last company. And again, within like the first two years, I started feeling that emptiness. It's like, okay, I'm getting bored at work. I want to do something else. And at the same time, I love learning. So I was getting my certification to become a meditation teacher. I had already gotten my certification in plant-based nutrition. Um, I had learned about YouTube, like how to work YouTube, how to do it a little bit more sustainable. And in that process, I said, you know what? There's a big thing that us engineers are lacking, which is the tools on how to manage stress. How do we do that? How did I do that in the last few years? Through, I mean, I threw everything at it because I went from feeling depressed and empty to finally finding what I feel is my purpose right now and my fulfillment. How can I help others do that? And that's when I said, there's a gift here that I need to share. And I want to share it with fellow engineers, but to do that, I need time, I need space, and I cannot be working for somebody else. So I actually uh, resigned from my job almost a month ago now. Um, oh, actually, I gave them a month notice. So I resigned January, uh, May 3rd of this year. My birthday is May 2nd. And I said, as a gift for myself, I'm going to resign and open this space to help others because I have learned so much about stress, how to manage it, how to make it your friend, how to, you know, have those tough conversations at work that we sometimes feel we're not allowed to do. And now I say, I'm not working for, I'm not working in engineering, but I'm working for engineers because I want to help them with these tools. I want to share this tool so they learn um, how to manage their stress and really have an incredible, fulfilling life. I love that, especially if, especially in college, I never taught us these things, like how to manage skill, how to trust stress, how to be resilient, yeah. how to skill, because they teach you only pure mm -hmm. technical stuff. But when you go to work, you're not going to use any of these things. Like maybe you'd use a little bit, maybe 10% on so on. But the other things, all yes, are soft skills. Yes, it's all soft skills, yeah. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I said, I said, I said about the school education. Now, what about university? I believe also university education shall increase more about this career education, about uh, soft skill, and about also mental health. Do you believe also this should be oh, out of the college? I'm going to share with you my dream, and I hope your audience appreciates this, but I... I am, I'm all in. <laughs> I hope, I hope one day I will be able to create a course or a class that's a requirement for all engineers that it's going to be called Wellness Engineering 101. And it's how to make your well-being a priority, how to learn to listen to your body, how to regulate your nervous system. Because... All engineers need this. We all need to understand that when we're stressed out, we're working on that project, we're about to take that test. We can use certain techniques in that moment that are going to calm our nervous system. They're going to lower our heart rate. They're going to stop our sweating when our hands are sweating because we need to like know all this information. 
and they're going to allow you to process everything that you've learned and put it out on that paper or put it out there and become the new norm. It's using these tools. And I said, in college, if you learn these skills, then the workplace is going to transform because I've shared taking a wellness break should be a requirement during your work hours. People used to smoke or people smoke and they take smoke breaks. Let's take a wellness break. Let's take a breathing break. Let's take a walking break. Let's take an active meditation break or a passive meditation break during your work day. That's going to help really make engineering a lot more enjoyable as a workplace and also teach compassion because when you're stressed out, instead of reacting, you know that, hey, I'm stressed out. Can we take three minutes, do some breath work, and then come back? And we are able to solve problems a lot more efficiently too. And that's what we do in engineering. We solve problems. We figure things out. We create. What better place to come and create and solve problems than from a place of calmness versus a place of stress. It will, I think it will transform the entire, you know, engineering field. Actually, I can't be more, not 100% agree, 500% agree with you, to be honest. First of all, that's the reason why I've been clapping. I'm saying I want to holding with you when I was, when you told you it should be a course for winning us. Actually, I have a proposal in my mind. I'm so nice. Even I'm not even <laughs> always here. Like a system where the education to be winning is to be one out of the university in the high school. Like even that proposal in my head in some time. Not only that, even career, career yeah. courses shall be there. Like soft scale, how to be resilient, the things at work, at work, emotional intelligence shall be there. So really shall be there. Okay. I agree. We should work about the technical mm -hmm. stuff. We I know. Need them. Okay. But the mm -hmm. teachers sometime. Yeah. Okay. We need them. We don't, I'm not telling we remove them, but. Is it we need all of this course mm -hmm. of technical stuff? Some of them are really repetitive mm -hmm. and not using. Like, for example, I remember when I was studying university, they teach us calculus 3, Laplace <laughs> or differential equation, because we never use it in our life. I doubt. Right. I never, I, I never, I never exactly. used Laplace in my life. I doubt. I doubt nope. use a Laplace <laughs> equation. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna do, I'm, I'm not gonna go to the, I'm gonna start on Laplace. Right. Really. Or for example, yeah, and for example, uh, or for example, for example, using for example calculus three, three D, or four D yeah. of a gazillion of dimension, which I'm structured, I'm course yeah. like I never, and or some of the art courses, which yeah. I don't want to even talk about. I will start, I will start saying, I will start, I will start, I will start cussing now. So because really. Because they used to, they used to teach us sometimes poetry, which is mm -hmm. really, I don't know what I have to do with. I'm not gonna go thinking right. for the rap on the side. I don't know. So what? The, yeah. So I know that they used to teach us like even one of the course, for example, entrepreneurship. Yes. She used to teach us. She used to teach yes. us, as I said, soft skill, this skill, how to be entrepreneur. Because do you know that Gen Z, they open, you know, Gen Z, they are up there as a statistic that from the age of 23, they are yes. starting opening their own businesses. Gen Z and Gen Alpha even oh, yeah. is better. Mm -hmm. Now they are smarter. The alpha, the alpha generation now. We have the alpha generation now. Um, I know I'm old because I'm bald. I know that. I know I'm the millennium. I'm maybe the end of the, the, the end of the millennium. So I'm bald, you know. <laughs> I got all the Joe Rogan jokes. So it's okay, fine. So I know. So I understand. So wow. So I agree with you. And also, it shall be career, it shall be in a way like, like it shows like in the college, shall be again in the way that. It shall not go like a full-time job. It shall be more career-oriented, like yes. it shall be like co-op, yeah. more apprentice, where you can yeah. study and work at the same time. So you know what you want. For example, it's not your cup of tea. You take only the course, what is required for you in the mm -hmm. education, what you do in the field. Uh, for example, you can take, for example, two, three, beside your technical skill, you take William Bank, all this skill and technical skill, some of it into a actually. And when you are working, Okay, you can go to work. Then, if you feel you need more technical, you can come back and take right. a minor or a master, right. something yeah. like that. Really, this is, I want to change the education because, to be honest, there it will it will have a new a new type of education where we care about 
you know, career and this rather than technical academic still. Okay, if someone wants to be engineer from his childhood, yes. go ahead. Yeah. Take care. Yeah. Go. No one stop you. But for example, most of us, we don't know what we want. For example, as you said, my, your dad's injury, you, uh, you've been engineer. So no one knows. For example, uh, that's the reason. That's the reason we should be, for example, career. You know what you take. For example, not only that, I, pro- I, re- I recommend everyone after high school, yes. take a two, a two, a one year break. Yes. That I should, it's mandatory. I do. 100% do believe in that? is try different things out. If you can travel, travel. If you can take some small jobs here and there, just just experiment it you know i graduated i was um i had just turned 16 years old what do i know about what i want to be when i grow up at 16 i have no idea but you know i couldn't ask or didn't feel that i had the right to ask for a break because then i will be labeled as she's lazy she just doesn't want to go to school or you know <laughs> i want to clap again i will disappoint my family again it's that condition of i need to do what others expect of me and not what i need or want and be curious so i one of the things that i did when i was let go is i said you know that was in my 30s i said i'm gonna leave my 20s in my 30s and it's even better because In my 20s, I had all that pressure going to college. My parents live in a foreign country. I need to be, quote unquote, perfect, not get into trouble. So in my 30s, I say, screw it. Now I actually have the foundation. I have the money. I'm going to travel. I went to Europe. I stayed in hostels. You know, I'm 34 years old, staying in hostels, things that in my life I felt when I was younger, if I will see a 30-something-year-old, it's like, what is wrong with them? And now I'm 30-something-year-old staying in a hostel. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's, take a break. It's okay to take breaks. That's the other thing. It's okay to take a break. It's okay to take time to reset, to rebalance. That's exactly what I'm doing right now in my transition from being an employee to a full-time company owner is I'm taking time off. I'm giving myself the space so when I'm ready to open up this platform to help engineers get the tools, I'm not coming from a place of depletion and burnout, but I'm coming from a place of love, of balance, of wholeness. Yeah. Wow. I want many times I want to share, share you and clapping for you again one third time because really I agree with you because we trust me my dad is typical Arabic then I don't know I have the similarity with them we graduate high school yes. in May we enter yeah. college by September mm-hmm. yeah it's similar it's similar similar here like we graduate from May we can we have to be in the, in the university for September otherwise you are lazy guy you don't want to be educated right. you want to just sit at home you want to do nothing no, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Go do, discover yourself, go work, do something, take a break. Because, trust me, people don't know. People can have multiple careers. Maybe you don't. Because, for example, and this is one of the issues, like, even from, like, for example, like, I would, for me, I, my, my, it was not seven engineer at the beginning. It was, I was, I was, I was entered the college as mm. chemical engineer, then engineer, seven engineer. Before that, I was to be even computer. Right. I was planning to be computer engineer. And this is my, one of my dreams, my older dream, but, things move on this is i need a big podcast to speak why it's why i changed from computer to civil it need a podcast but short it i was greedy i was a greedy man who's gonna share the yeah. money only that is a conclusion what yeah. i discovered what a mistake because because it was a mistake it's, i was only sharing the money but i discovered mm-hmm. no passion is important also because i was like you know Things, the big story that I need to speak about it. I need another yeah. big episode to speak about this thing. So, wow. Wow. Like, you are hitting now a big gems now. So, because, and this is what I believe. I don't know. Maybe correct me or wrong. No one told us in high school mm-hmm. what's a civil engineer or what's chemical or what's electrical. No one teaches us. We don't have a right mentor. For example, I see civil, and, and I see only civil engineer was mm-hmm. in the cartoon who building, building. Only, you know, this Lego building. That's what I see as an engineer. No one tell you a process like you're going to take some 
a gazillion calls. You're going to be on the side under 45 degree, 55 degree. You're going to be, going to be roast and tan in the sun. You're going to do concrete the whole night. You're going to work 19 hour per day. You're going to be, you're going to be world. You're going to, I don't want to even cuss again. Ghana would kill me if I cuss again. So I, I don't want, I don't want to cuss. So you're going to, you're going to work mm-hmm. a hell of a time. You're going to do things that no, you're going to sit in the computer doing AutoCAD and design. No one tells us about the process. They tell us, this is a civil engineer. Go and see civil engineer. Building, building. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No one tells us the, pro- the journey. So do you believe people shall more, more in the journey? Yeah, and, the and when you went back to say that in college you took calculus three and you've never used that or used that Laplace, Laplace equation for you know your career, I think it's very important to bring kids you know, maybe three years or two years before they graduate into the workplace. Like it should be a requirement to have an immersive one week doing like stuff with with adults and seeing, hey, you think you like accounting? <laughs> Lots of applause on this episode. I love it. Um, if you think you like accounting, go with someone that's an accountant. Sit down with them. Be their apprentice. Learn how to do some of these things, right? If, if you want to be a chemical engineer, go to someone that's doing chemical engineering. Sit with them for a week. If you think you want to be in radio, go to a radio station. You know, workplaces should open up and work with schools and have these things happen where you actually are there for a full week, Monday through Friday, experience the work week, experience how it goes, how it operates. And then that is going to give you an experience as a young adult that no one can take away. And you may remember it as a pleasant experience, or you may say, whoa, I really don't want to do that. And I think that's why your um, your vision of doing it more co-op like where you're uh, you're taking some courses but you're also learning the skills it's so important because i will tell you my first internship i work for an environmental engineering company i was sitting behind a desk i was doing these models and stuff and i was like is this what my adult life is going to be like sitting behind a computer i don't like this i hate this it, it just doesn't feel natural. Granted, I did I did my second internship at a refinery and I loved it. I loved that I could go out. I loved that I could talk to the operators. I loved that I could see the equipment right there in front of me. And what happened in my personal journey was I needed a sponsor for a visa to stay in the US. So I had to take whoever sponsored me. So I ended oh. up in a job behind a desk doing what I didn't want to do because I needed to get that visa. So we do make some sacrifices and it did take, you know, 12, 13 years for me to say, I remember that girl who worked at the refinery and loved that. And the girl who worked at the environmental company and didn't like being behind the computer. And that's what I'm doing now. Like, why am I here? It's questioning like, remembering those things that sparked joy when you were younger and focusing on that and being okay mm-hmm. if you discover that 10 years wow. later wow fantastic i agree with that that's the reason i should like resilience shall be taught also on this thing because you know you discover your passion but maybe even after five years maybe your passion changed for example i'm engineer maybe tomorrow i want to be marketing okay i don't need to take full job loan for college i can take only introductionally later can i can take a couple street for course i can be another i can go on for another major i love what you said when you said about it you know like going going for passion and i love what you said like going like go and see multiple passion on multi-purpose or multi-second yes and you measured maybe you, you would jump in industry maybe in your work even you discover your passion at the beginning then you did something else you discover another passion and yes. you can it's okay. Yeah. It's fine. You will discover. It's okay. You jump into a job career. It's okay. But the journey at the end is not at the end. You're gonna be you do you discover at the beginning and do maybe. But whatever in the injury, whatever it's 
it might be help you later on. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you you have to be flexible. And that is something that sometimes we're not taught as engineers, that it's okay to be flexible and to love something and then just kind of be okay with it once it's, it's live its life through your journey and move on to the next thing. Just being flexible and allowing that curiosity to be always part of your life and for your passions to change. I wanted to work for a refinery for the longest time. And then I think five years into working as an engineer, I remember um, hearing people that work in the field and saying, oh, I'm on call. So if something happens at three o'clock in the morning, I have to get up and go to the, to the refinery for that. Or, you know, this weekend we're doing, a, we're doing a turnaround on one of the units and we have to be there for, you know, 24-7 for three days straight. And I was like, oh, I actually don't like that part of the job. <laughs> yeah. They like me in the construction. They like this. Right. Yeah. The whole concrete, the whole night, we cannot leave unless the job is done. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow, fantastic. Wow. But what do you believe in mentorship? Shall we taught again in high school? Shall we some of you have mentorship always? So mentorship, I think you should always have mentorship. Um, and it can look differently in different stages of your life. So I think a mentor is just someone who has more experience than you that can teach you. And you can benefit from having a mentor one-on-one, -on -one, being, you know, having someone that is going to help you, that is going to guide you, that is going to share stories that are going to wake up, you know, your awareness. And then having mentors, for example, I have uh, mentors that I've never met, like Oprah Winfrey, I listened to her podcast, you know, having mentors that you will never meet, but have had so many life experiences that you can learn from. So mentorship is something that I think everyone should look for um, and absorb and observe. And if you find a bad mentor, quote unquote, I never think you have a bad mentor. I think what you have is people where you learn what you don't like, who you don't want to be, and allow yourself to accept that as well. It's like, okay, this is not the person for me. Why? Because, you know, um, I really like consistency and their schedule is too chaotic. And therefore, I want to, you know, I would like to have my meetings every Tuesday at 3 p.m. And they keep changing my schedule because of their schedule, because they're so unpredictable. So you learn from yourself. It's like, oh, I had a mentor. They may know a lot of things. They may be able to help me. But I don't like that there's no structure, for example. And I like structure. Mm. So I learned something new. That mentor taught me what I don't like. Or... You know, I have a, I could find a mentor that is constantly checking up on me. There's no boundaries. I actually like boundaries. So mentorship can teach you so many things about yourself and also so many things about human beings in general. So I think it's, it's a must. Wow. I love that. Really, I love that when you said every mentor, maybe he teaches you something good. Maybe he teaches you something. No one teaches you something bad. Something you take the benefit from each mentor. What's true? Yes. I agree with that. I love that. So it was at least. So any final thought from you? Oh, it's been a wonderful conversation. Thank you for having me here. Uh, if anyone would like to know more about the work that I'm going to be doing, helping with stress management, teaching meditation to engineers, and teaching you know all the other tools that have helped throughout the years and you know, have taken me seven years, you can take the express class and not, <laughs> not have to, you know, everything will be condensed. Just contact me. I'm on, I'm on uh, LinkedIn and I'm on Instagram and I'm on YouTube. So there's many ways where you can reach out to me and it's been a pleasure. And I love all the aha moments you had. I could feel the explosion in yeah. your mind. <laughs> yeah. Now I have and the, so moments of awareness i have it's to do reflection good. now after i close this uh, you know i have to close this and I'm, I'm sorry i'm so sorry for today's cut of the internet it cut of the part software despite like, 
four times cut today. I don't know what happened. It's like like the universe didn't. I don't know what the universe is telling me. Maybe giving me as a bad acceptance. Signal. Acceptance. I'm telling you, accept and go with the flow. Go with the flow. I, I have to repeat it four times. I'm sorry that. Thank- <laughs> really, thank you. Appreciate that. I love today. That was it was a nice talk with you. For sure, we'll put the link on the show notes. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, what a great episode. <laughs> wow, she hit me deep, especially when she took positive boundary about education. Because really, I have the same issue with my parents with safe boundary. Yeah, it's a long struggle. I need to talk about it a lot. We need to have a whole episode to talk about that. And wow, she has many things I resonate with her. Wow, she. I think I agree with her. I speak to her many times. Like, I couldn't agree with her more about many things she talk about the episode. Wow, I even want to talk more with her. Even we talk after the podcast about the education shall be educated by, you know, most of the structure and the education shall be taught by coach or someone who apply it, not by a professor who's been, sorry for all professor, but I have to say it, the professor has been 40, 50 years, they are teaching the course and, you know, they never even, they never even applied in their life. People, I went to the course before people applied in their life, really. Like, for example, if you teach marketing, then what's market who's doing marketing, who's marketing, then who has, who really, who has, a good, a good provenue on marketing. Don't teach with a professor who have a book who's teaching 30 years and that's it. Wow, great episode. So what do you think, guys? Do you think we should bring it again? I believe I should bring it again. Fantastic episode there. And guys, if you love the episode, please share it to someone you love it and tell them why this, co- this podcast and this episode meaning with you. Thank you, guys. Wishing you the best and see you. Take care. Bye. It was nice to meet you. And remember, guys, we raised by sharing the knowledge to everyone. Sharing is caring. It was nice to meet you guys and wishing you the best. Take care guys and wishing you the best. You guys have a good good day and good night.